What is up, everyone? This is Ace. This is episode three of the Patriot Podcast. We're going to ask the tough questions today. We're here to talk it out. And uh, we got a few good topics on this great day. We're going to talk about uh, freedom of speech, the First Amendment. I know we all love the First Amendment. We cherish it. Uh, without I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. We are also going to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. I know I mentioned in the past, I won't bring it up as much. Um, but since this is a little bit of a shorter episode, um, just a few topics to, to get to. Uh, I just wanted to kind of hit that one hard just for a minute. Uh, we had some interesting developments the past few days that I think we should talk about. Um, and then we'll finish it off with a little bit of coronavirus. And... Uh, that's it. So, um, two really, well, really three really big topics here to talk about today. Um, but let's get to it. This is episode three of the Patriot Podcast. So let's talk freedom of speech because this is a huge topic and I don't know if anyone's seen this. Um, I, I hope that people have seen this, but it didn't look like it. Uh, when I was looking at it on social media, the city of Ventura, California came forward and they are selling permits for people to have free speech events. Literally in quotes what they are saying. I mean, that is very 100%. You, they, they are selling you the right to speak freely in public. Um, According to them, people no longer have um, their First Amendment rights in public. At least that's deliberately, according to the city. I mean, they blatantly said that. And apparently, they're the, the government. They are willing to sell them back to you temporarily. These aren't even for protests. I mean, but the, they can be. But even if they were, who cares, right? That that is our our constitutional what we believe is a God given right. And they're just taking your money. If you wish to apply to have a freedom to have, to have free speech and to, to basically say anything that you want in public, they've got this long form you have to fill out. Okay. And then you have to pay them and you have, they, they may still deny you. You have to pay them regardless of if they want to approve it or not, or if, if they approve it or not. Um, and it's just shocking to me that this kind of stuff happens in this day and age. I mean, how do we go backwards Shouldn't you, you move forward and not be limiting as many rights? You know, how are we moving backwards? And it's just astounding to me. I mean, we've always made the, the reference, and I know I personally have said this, that freedom of speech is gone because you can't say what you want without being persecuted by somebody else. But now, I mean, it's literally a municipality is actually saying, no, you don't have freedom of speech. And I think that what what's happened here is, especially in California, a lot of these cities, um, they're the same, same cities that are sanctuary cities. So the same cities that set their own laws for basically everything. You know, let's legalize marijuana before the state does it. And the state does it, obviously, before the federal government's done it since they haven't done it yet. You know, let's do this. Let's do that on our own with these laws. And nobody's telling them, hey, wait a minute. No, you can't do that. You can't just set these these like municipal orders and say everybody needs to follow them even though that's not the law of the land and when it like inversely contradicts the law of the land 
it, it doesn't matter to, to these municipalities. They're, they're still going to hold you accountable. They're still going to have you arrested if you violate it. I mean, it's astounding to me. And it's it's no longer just the thought of persecution of your rights. It's literally, no, you don't have this right anymore because you live in this city. Even though our two overarching uh, components of government say you do have this right, we say no. And so you just, you elect someone, city council, you have no idea. They, they could just be psycho. And this is, this is just, it's crazy to me that you, you can't, you have to pay for freedom of speech in public. That is absolutely crazy to me. And it's $25 a person. So uh, if you do want to have a protest, it's going to be a lot of money. And I'm not talking about riots. Obviously, riots have no place in America. But we're, I, I think peaceful protests do. I don't care to have certain particular topics that people protest. I, I, don't, I don't stand behind every topic they protest. But it is their right to do it. It is their right. They were given that right uh, by the United States of America. And they were given that right by God to speak. And so let them speak. Um, that's, that's all I really have on the topic. It's just... Uh, I haven't seen much media coverage of it, and maybe we will, you know, today, who knows, but I actually just saw it online, I, I don't even live in California, I don't live in Ventura, obviously, uh, I just happened to see it, and they had a post, it only had 250 comments on it, so it's not that many, a lot of people that actually look like they live there commenting on it, um, but... I hope that goes viral because I hope people see, I hope America sees that this kind of behavior is out there. And these people, I mean, I said this last, last episode, when you take people's constitutional rights away from them, you should be like, that should be capital punishment. And you, sh you shouldn't get a fair judge and jury because guess what? That's your constitutional right. And people should take that away from you. And I, I just don't think that's fair because people are defenseless in an overpowered government in this day and age it's it's too much it's too much um we're, we're gonna make us take a segue into a uh, another topic we're gonna talk about black lives matter and this one's not gonna be that long either i more so just wanted to play a clip which is gonna be a couple minutes long so um when i start the clip if, if you don't want to listen to it if you've already heard it it's terry cruz and don lemon from cnn terry cruz said some stuff um that he's under heat for regarding black lives matter he, he basically said uh, why do people act like black lives matter more than every other life uh and we'll talk about it shortly but i'm gonna i'm gonna play the clip and it's about eight minutes long so if you want to fast forward about eight minutes and skip it if you haven't heard it uh but i would suggest all those who haven't heard it please listen to it because this is just it's another crazy example and even the left is trying to outwoke each other again right and don lamont an african-american male is going after terry cruz another african-american male who that says he's basically saying you know why are you going after us black people and it's it, terry cruz is just saying no i mean he just wants equality equality is all that matters right and not superiority and cnn and the mainstream mob media are pushing a certain agenda that's a little bit of superiority and not equality but um let's go ahead and listen in all right, everybody, please listen to this segment because actor and activist Terry Crews facing backlash for tweeting, we must ensure Black Lives Matter doesn't morph into Black Lives Better. Here's how he explained it. Uh, are, we, are all white people bad? No. Are all black people good? No. 
Knowing this reality, I stand on my decision to unite with good people, no matter the race, creed, or ideology. Uh, given the number of threats against this decision, I also decide to die on this hill. Terry Cruz joins me now. Terry, man, hey. you stepped in it. <laughs> you say that you're willing. Yeah. To, you say you're willing to die on this hill. You've taken a lot of heat for this. Explain what you are thinking uh, and why it's so important that you die on this hill. Well, again, you know, I wanted to bring up the fact that you know there are some very, very you know, militant type forces in Black Lives Matter. And what I was issuing was a warning. You know, it's one of those things where I've been a part of different groups, I've been a part of different things, and you see how extremes can really get, can go far and can go wild. And then when you issue a warning, and when a warning is seen as detrimental to the movement, how can you ever, ever have checks and balances? Um, you know, in, in the 60s and 70s, airplanes went down all the time. And the reason they found out why they did was because the pilots could never be questioned. And when you have the leaders of the Black Lives Movement who are now talking about, you know, if we don't get our demands, we're going to burn it down. Uh, other Black people who are talking about working with other whites and other, uh, other races, they're, they're being viewed as sellouts or called Uncle Tom's. It starts, to, it starts to, you start to understand that you are now, you know, being controlled. You're not being treated as loved. You're actually being controlled. Someone wants to control the narrative. And I viewed it as a very, very dangerous self-righteousness that was developing that, you know, that, that really viewed themselves as better. It was a, almost a supremacist move. So let, let me jump where in, Where they viewed that... For their black lives mattered a lot more than mine. Okay, so let me jump in here. There's a lot that you said. Um, you you think Black Lives Matter is? You said it's a. You think it's an extreme movement because it's now part of the. No, what, this is the thing. It's a great mantra. It's a true mantra. Black lives do matter. Matter, but when you're talking about an organization, you're talking about the leaders. You're talking about the people. Who are responsible okay, for I got putting you. these things I got you. together? I got you. So let me. It's but you, you, Terry, you realize that even during the civil rights movement, that uh, Dr. King was seen as extreme. That movement was seen as extreme. To people who don't want to make change, um, movements are seen as extreme. You can paint them easily as an extreme when they are not. This is very true. But also, when you're talking about MLK. You talk about Nelson Mandela and even Malcolm X. They all realized that you had to have a non-racial component to these kind of movements, or there will be resentment. There will be get back. There will be one of these people will tend to listen. I don't want to move from one oppressor to the next. And one thing is really who's, shocks who's me. the next oppressor? Who's the next oppressor? Oh. When I, when I describe this, when you look in the city of Chicago, there are nine children who've died by gun violence, by black-on-black -black gun violence with, from June 20th all the way to today. And you're talking about even with the Atlanta child murders, there were 28 kids who, were, who died during, in two years. You're talking about a month, and you have nine black kids. And the Black Lives Matter movement has said nothing about this what does kind that of have thing? to do you with know, equality, though, it, Terry? I have to. Tell, I don't understand what that has to do with equality because they're, they're. Listen, there's crime. There are people in those communities who are. Those people aren't just being nonchalant about 
about gun violence. I lived in Chicago. There are many people who are working in those communities to try to get rid of the gun violence. It's pr the gun culture in this, in this country is prevalent, but I don't understand what that has to do with a movement that's for equality for black people. It's, it, it, there, it's not mutually exclusive that if you care about equality for black people, that somehow you're going to stop um, random violence or unfortunately kids from being shot. It just seems like apples and oranges. You know, it, 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 it's not that way. You know, this is the thing, Don. You know, black people need to hold other black people accountable. I said this the same thing. This is a, a, the black America's version of the Me Too movement. If anything is going to change, we ourselves need to look at our own communities and look at each other and say, this thing cannot go down. And, and this is the thing, too. There are a lot of great, great people there who are held hostage, who are held hostage by people who literally are, are, are running these neighborhoods with violence and then claiming that Black Lives Matter. When you look at the parents of these little kids who are mentioning, saying, hey, man, why aren't they speaking up for me, too? And, and this is what I'm saying. It's, it, when I look at this whole thing about, you know, it's about who is controlling the narrative. It's, not, it, it's got to be all Black Lives Matter. And what's happened is that because I even challenged it, because I even questioned and warned okay, people, Terry, I, I became sick. Like, I, if I, I told get you it. to wear a mask, but Terry, they want to kick you out. You're, you're a high-profile person. You're writing things out there. You know you're going to get backlash. You know people are going to respond to what you're saying on Twitter. So I just, I don't think you should be surprised by that. I, you know, I have a, a skin as tough as an armadillo because of what I do. And I think maybe you should adapt that. But here's, here's what I have to say. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement was started because it was talking about police brutality. If you want an all Black Lives Matter movement that talks about gun violence in communities, including, you know, black communities, then start that movement with that name. But that's not what Black Lives Matter is about. It's not an all encompassing. So if you're talking about um, if, if someone started a movement that said uh, cancer matters and then someone comes in and said, why aren't you talking about HIV? It's not the same thing. We're talking about cancer. So the Black Lives Matter movement is about police brutality and injustice in that manner, not about what's happening in black neighborhoods. If you, there are people who are working on that issue. And if you want to start that issue, why don't you start it? Do you understand what I'm but, saying? But when, you look, but when you look at the organization, police brutality is not the only thing they're talking about. I know that, but uh, I agree, uh, that's but that's not what the Black Lives Matter movement is about, Terry. Black Lives Matter is about police brutality and about, and about criminal justice. It's not about what happens in, in communities when it comes to crime, black on black crime. People who live near each other, black people, kill each other. Same as whites. Eighty-some percent of white people are killed by white people. True. Because of proximity. Very true. It's the same thing with black people. But that again, happens in every single I neighborhood. But that isn't, again, I'm not you saying know, that's not important that those, those, those kids died, but it's a different people. movement. I, I, listen, I understand what you're saying. I totally understand. It is about police brutality. That should never be accepted. Yeah. I am not saying that that's not it, but they are, there's more there. Okay. And when I look at, the, if they have more on their agenda, we need to ask them about what else is on that agenda other than police brutality. And that's all I'm doing. Questioning, warning, watching, 
And if that bothers you, now that bothers I'm me. Over. Because I'm over if Terry. I can't warn you, we are equal. If we're equal, I should be I able to go, say Terry. something as equal. I gotta go. I gotta go. We'll see you. Terry, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And that was Terry Cruz and Don Lamont from CNN talking. Um, Terry, Terry's under heat for this, but he, he's right, okay? Black on black crime is astoundingly like devastating to their community, right? And I mean, like, and Don says, you know, we have people that are working on fixing that. I'm from Chicago. There's already people working on fixing that. Stick to this issue. And it's, it's you know, no. There's bigger things at play here than one singular issue. It's not all just this straightforward, plain and simple. I mean, it's not transparent, right? It's not just let's go, let's go after the cops. Let's defund the police. Let's... Uh, Black Lives Matter more than everybody else. I mean, this is not how you establish equality, right? You want to solve the problems that the black community has. You need to in, in, improve their schooling, their education, inner cities. Okay, it, it's primarily black people. Okay, and I know that a lot of people will say that that's racist, but it's not. Okay, it's a it's a true fact that uh, blacks are more likely to urbanize. Okay, and urban education is in the toilet. Okay, so improve school quality, right? Eliminate gangs and their external pressure on these people. That's huge. And I, I know, again, people are going to say that's racist, but it's it's really not, okay? It, it's not persecuting blacks. Um, it, it's really just saying straightforward, very plain and simply, eliminate the gangs. Just get rid of them, okay? And I don't care what kind of force has to be used to do it because you've got cities like New York, you've got cities like L.A. and Chicago, um, and these, these cities all ban guns. And what do you see? You see 60 shootings a weekend in each. Okay. This violence is there regardless of if you ban guns. So get in there and get them out, get rid of gangs. Okay. Lock down the border. So drugs stop coming and these gangs can't make nearly as much money. They can still make money, of course, because it's coming in from other places too. It's coming from China, but lock that shit down. Right. If you can find a way to eliminate the gangs, to improve the schooling system, and to actually be fair across the board, you will see improvements in the average African American's life, and you will see improvements in the average white person's life, and Mexican, and it doesn't matter what they are, right? You will see improvements across the board. Because if, if you just do this stuff as a standard, right, everything will improve. Why do you think that, that white people are considered so privileged by everybody else? I can tell you, it's because white people set themselves up a lot more likely. This isn't everybody, obviously, because there's a lot of moochers out there. But they set themselves up to be more likely for success, right? If you have a family who makes 100K a year together combined, their children, if they're white, in America are most likely to make at least 120K per year with their spouse combined. Because you set, they, they, they're more likely to set that standard. And now that's not everywhere, okay? That, that's not everywhere, obviously. There's some just crappy people out there. But it's more of a cultural standard, okay? And when you can change that cultural expectation standard in, in cultures that don't have it, when you can implement that, you will see improvement. 
when you basically say, this is what's expected of you regardless, no excuses, it doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter. When you don't play this, oh, everything's unfair game, and when you just say, get out there and work your ass off and get it done, and the standard is, the expectation is that you hit this goal or better, you're going to see people do it. Why do you think so many white people are in college? You can't tell me they're smarter. I, I, in my college education, I saw some dumb freaking people. A lot of dumb white people. Oh my God. But why do you think that they're that they're way more likely to go to college? Why do you think so many of them are in college? You can't tell me that they're all smarter. You can't tell me it's all privilege because affirmative action eliminates a lot of white people. Scholarships eliminate a lot of white people. Universities and their bylaws... And their admissions <clears throat> eliminate a lot, a lot of white people, and it's way. It's just. It's just that. It, it's their expectation. It's their standard, right? And so, implement a cultural expectation into the African American community, and it's really on them to do it uh, with each other. Obviously, you can tell by my voice I'm not a black male. Uh, you can tell. So. Um, it's hard for me to give this kind of advice because I don't, I don't understand it completely. Um, but I can tell you that I can tell you that it it would probably be beneficial. I can't see any negative approach in in implementing a certain standard of you need to go out and do this. And right now, I mean, you have broken households, you have missing parents, you have drugs, you have gangs, and when you eliminate that stuff, you you create. You breed an environment that is just, I mean, you create an environment that's a breeding grounds for success. That's what I'm trying to say. And they can do that with that community. It's almost a refusal to do it, though. Like, the, the protests and the riots that we're seeing right now is almost like a, well, we want to skip that part and we just want to be given the money, okay? When the founder of BET says... Let's give every black person $350,000 cash for reparations. Obviously, they're going to jump on that and say, hell yes, I want that money. Yes. Of course. Of course. How many people are collecting the unemployment right now because of COVID? So many people because they want that money. And so when you're willing to just dish it out to them, they're obviously going to line up and say, yeah. But if you eliminate... If you eliminate that path and say that path does not work, the path to rioting, the path to throwing a temper tantrum and setting shit on fire and being crybabies about about a past that you didn't even live in, that you had no idea what it was like, you didn't experience it, you have literally no references at all aside from uh, pop culture references like movies, okay? You've got no other references aside from Django Unchained, okay? And... I mean, when you just basically say, hey, look, the expectation is for you to go out and earn it. Earn and burn. People will do it. When you eliminate the path, when you eliminate the path to cheating, people won't cheat. They'll just start doing it. When you make it that hard, and when you when you make basically say, we're not going to give you hundreds of thousands of dollars, eliminate that expectation from your mind, and go out and earn and burn, people will do it. And, I mean, there's there's just a few things that we've got to improve in our urban culture. And I, I think we'll see a great social impact. And I know this sounds racist to some people, and I assure you it's not. It's really not. It's really just factual. I'm coming at it from a very factual perspective.
But it, Terry Crews touched on a great a, a great point, and, and he basically said, you know, why do people act like Black Lives Matter more than every other life? And that's really just what he's saying, and he's calling out other people for that mentality. And that's not a quality. And I think that Don Lamont is just very wrong. America is not nearly as racist as he thinks it is. You know, people just want other people to succeed. It doesn't matter what their skin color is. This isn't 1865 anymore, okay? You're not fighting a curve. You're fighting an imaginary curve where people are telling you, oh, America's so racist, everybody hates you because you're black. They're telling you that. The mainstream media is telling you that. But the reality is nobody cares. Nobody gives a fuck what your skin color is. It does not matter. It doesn't. At the end of the day, everyone's going home and they're thinking about themselves, okay? Nobody cares. Nobody wants to to just give away free shit to everybody else who didn't earn it. That's why people get so mad at welfare recipients, right? Right? And, I mean, it's the same thing. You, you don't deserve $350,000 because of the, the color of the skin you were born with. I mean, imagine if they gave that to white people. Black people would be furious. And it's not racist that way, right? And the truth is, it's just set a path for success. Enable people to succeed and they will find a way. And if they don't, that's okay. But it's on them to use it as a learning experience and grow from it. You can fail. But they've got to care enough about each other before they expect everyone else to care about them. And that's what Terry Crews is saying. Um, a rough topic, I know. That, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, but we're going to switch gears here and we're going to talk about our final topic because um, uh, this is kind of a, a special episode. I just wanted to do another one. Um, so I wanted to make it not nearly as long as the others, but I just wanted to talk because there were so much developments in the last 24 hours with COVID. And um, I just wanted to talk about that again because I, I, it's, it's a topic that we're all sick of, but it's on all of our minds 24-7. The coronavirus. So I really want to know how come nobody knows anything about COVID. Coronavirus. I know it's relatively newer, obviously. We all know that. It, but it's been around since at least November of last year. Okay. And for the past few months, everyone, including the media, pretended they knew everything about COVID. Everything. You, you go on social media, you saw, you need to wear a mask. You need to do this. You need to do that. It's just this. It's just that. And the media had all the answers, and everybody else followed them blindly. And governors locked everything down. We, we trusted them way too much, okay? And now it seems that the truth is coming out, which is that nobody has any of the answers anymore, and they won't make a stance on any answers because they don't actually know. And so I want to know, was our lockdown for nothing? Did they shut down the entire country over things they had zero evidence of? And it seems like they did, and it seems like they admit it. Okay, the WHO suggested the whole world shut down with zero evidence of anything. The CDC has come forward this week and said that they don't know if you can get coronavirus again. Interesting. Okay, how do we not know? Uh, millions of people have had it, but how do we not know at this point? And if we don't know, tell, tell us what tests are being done. No tests. CDC says there are no tests right now that are being done to determine whether someone can get it again. But you all said that they could earlier. I distinctly remember hearing that on mainstream media. 
Nothing. Here's another one. 40% of all positive, I say positive in quotes, positive test results are false positives. 40%. Okay. Great. So we're 40% of the people that they say, you have it, but you're asymptomatic, probably don't have it. The Cleveland Clinic, <clears throat> great hospital system, but it looks like they're going downhill a little bit recently. I don't know if anyone's been in that hospital system, but wow. They went from like number one in the country to not that great. Um, but the Cleveland Clinic has said they have been testing to <clears throat> find out whether air conditioning circulates the virus. And at least they're testing, because the CDC's not. Okay, we pay billions in tax dollars annually to the CDC, and they can't even be bothered to test. At least a private company, the Cleveland Clinic, is testing. But they are testing to find out whether air conditioning circulates the virus. Um, they've been testing the entire time of the pandemic, and their results are still inconclusive. So I don't know how hard they're testing, but I feel like that's something that you can get results in relatively quickly. Now, this air conditioning, these air conditioning tests are after the CDC has now made the recommendation to not spend all your time indoors with no evidence because multiple people with the virus could spread it faster due to air circulation in the home. Again, with no tests drawing any conclusive results. It's all just, well, these doctors think, they think, they think, okay. But we were told not to go outside because then we could give it to grandma and kill her. So which is it? We locked down for months and now you're saying, well, the lockdown may have made things worse. The WHO said this week also that uh, cloth masks do not provide... Um, here, I've got the, the direct quote. Cloth masks do not provide apparent protection. Masks in general may not work. WHO says, aside from N95 masks, which essentially provide a 5 to 15% increase in protection against transmission. Wow. Well, none of us are really wearing N95 except for healthcare professionals, so there's that. And 5 to 15% isn't really great. The WHO also said this week that asymptomatic people may not be able to transfer the virus. Now, she actually, the lady who said that actually said that four weeks ago, but it took the mainstream media three weeks to pick this up. Three and a half. Okay. And all we heard from the left was to wear a mask to save lives. And now it, it doesn't even matter. I mean, millions of people have it. We're just going backwards. And meanwhile, they're just blaming the president. He's responsible for 100,000 deaths. It's all him. How is it him? I mean, these doctors are just throwing stuff out there that they're flinging poop at the wall to see what sticks. How can he operate with such disinformation? Even the healthcare professionals have absolutely no idea what's going on. They used to say certain things were 100% fact in the beginning. Hydrochloroquine will not work, they said. It works. Now, the study was reversed. The same scientists restudied it, and the results that were... Definitely not even inconclusive. They were definitely uh, conclusive that it didn't work or now definitely conclusive that it does. Okay, how did you mislead that study so wrong? Was your independent variable completely different? No, it's the hydrochloroquine. What did you do that's that much different? How can we trust them with anything? 
How can we believe what they're saying when they just keep flip-flopping on absolutely everything they say? Wear masks to save lives. Stay home to save lives. Well, neither of those are true, and apparently staying home can actually be worse. What? Why are we even listening to any of them? They have no idea what they're talking about, and their tests aren't even giving answers. And that's if they're testing these things. Most of them, they're not even testing. And we're all just supposed to blindly trust them? I mean, it's it's crazy. And people want another lockdown because one doctor said it. And you know what? These doctors are just fearful. I mean, every doctor obviously isn't going to think about the implications of everything else. They're just going to say, well, my recommendation is you have this issue and this will solve it, staying home. They don't think about the fact or the other issues that stem up because of that. And rightfully so, they're not trained to think about that. But then they need to shut the fuck up and people need to take away their mouthpiece. Okay, they can make that recommendation to President Trump and then President Trump can act on that recommendation and whether he actually believes it or not or whether he actually thinks, hey, this is the, what we, the right action that we should take, okay? But these doctors need to shut the fuck up because they don't know what they're talking about. The WHO is a freaking joke and that's why America pulled out and we funded most of it. It's a freaking joke. And just wait for this, okay? This is my last point. Now the conversation is being flipped with the whole COVID discussion to talk about schools because that's that's the next big topic. They're a month and a half out. School, school, schools. And mark my words, the mainstream media mob will use children to push the COVID agenda. It's true. It's true. They're going to say, President Trump and the GOP, they're so heartless for wanting kids to go back to school. They're so heartless. That's sending them to their deathbed, they'll say. Just wait for it. Meanwhile, they aren't even considered heartless. The mainstream media is not considered heartless for forcing tens of millions of people out of work and harming our economy when they want to push their fake views agenda. Oh, but Donald Trump. Oh, he's so terrible. He's going to get all our children killed. In reality, it's time to open back up. It's time to get back to work. It's time to get this country rocking and rolling. This is America, damn it. This is America where we don't cower and hide inside because we're afraid of a couple people dying. This is they, they say this is war. They all say this is war. This is a fucking war. Let's go to war then. Let's beat this fucking virus. Let's go to fucking war with it. Let's, let's actually do these tests we're spending billions of dollars on. Let's actually do them. Let's fix these tests so we don't get 40% false positives. Right? This is America. We've got the money. We've got the tax dollars. Don't tell me we don't. If we've got the tax dollars to give away $4 trillion in free shit, we've got the tax dollars to fucking end this war. And ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have today. This was episode three of the Patriot Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. God bless, and I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you.